Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I, I want you to know that I appreciate how great Brock Bowers is. I do. And do I think he's going to be as potential to be a, uh, a high-level NFL player for a long time? Sure. A, a difference maker? You bet. A great player, yes. I, I, I loathe to say Hall of Fame for somebody who's never seen it down. But uh, do I think he's going to be a great player? Sure. But there's unless the Falcons trade Kyle Pitts, there's no way guys are not taking a tight end. They've got Jonu Smith. They got Michael Pruitt. They got Kyle, what? No. They first off, they may have to take a quarterback. They may have to trade up to get a quarterback. Trade up to four if they can to get a quarterback because they can't get one in free agency. That's A. And B is, we need help on the rush edge. Are you, Brock Bowers is such a great player, but you could never justify without trading uh, you know, Kyle Pitts. And even then, you could have people going, you didn't do it on defense again. You suck on defense. Look, oh, why didn't you do it? I mean, so, yeah. I mean, I appreciate that the Bowers is a great player. I, I see no path to Brock Bowers being in the Atlanta Falcon. None. Again, though, I, but I always say I could be wrong. They could trade Kyle Pitts, and they could trade Kyle Pitts and uh, a uh, second-round pick to the Bears for Justin Fields and the Bears' number one pick next year. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, all right. Now you're going to get Bowers. Okay, you know, all right. And what are you going to do about Rush Edge? Well, we're going to have to go and and you know, but free agency will tell you where they're kind of dictating where they're going to go with this. Again, the problem with the NFL, with the Falcons, get into here is that. Free agency comes first, and free agency is March 11th. Five weeks from today is free agency opens, okay? And then I wish it were like the NBA. I wish the draft came first and then free agency, which is what the NBA does. They draft, then free agency opens. But no, the NFL's got to do this free agency thing first, which I think is backwards. I think they ought to have the draft first, then free agency. I'd like to see the NFL move the draft up from June into May and then do free agency immediately thereafter. Sort of like the NBA does. But instead, they do for agency in March, and so we can get players in and all that kind of stuff. It's just whack. So this is the difficult part of it. So two questions on the table for you at 404-726-0929. What should the Hawks do? The trade deadline is Thursday. Do you think the Hawks are still in the market for trading to Jonte Murray or now that they won four in a row, including last night? If you missed last night, what a game last night. Steph Curry has 60 points. Trey Young has 35. The Hawks, they're... They're down at the end of the first quarter because of a mid-court buzzer beater by the Warriors. They're down five. But at halftime, they're tied at 69. At the end of the third quarter, they're tied again. At the end of the 
Fourth quarter, they're tied, pardon me, at halftime, they're tied at 64. At the end of the third quarter, they're tied at 89. At the end of the fourth quarter, they're tied at 123 because DeJounte Murray hit a shot with four seconds to go. And then the Falcons win in overtime, 141-134, to win their fourth straight game. They've beaten LeBron, KD, and Steph back to back to back. Can they make it four in a row and beat LeBron, KD, Steph, and Kawhi when the Clippers come into State Farm tomorrow night. Live coverage begins at 7 o'clock tomorrow night as they go for their fifth straight win and fourth in a row over a powerhouse team in the West. And so, I, I don't know. It's an interesting question. Uh, and, and things change all the time. I mean, they could they could get blown out by the Clippers, go to Boston, get dusted by the Celtics, and they go, okay, well, you know what, we're, we're back to trading. I mean, there could be no, and then, yeah, uh, I mean, it depends. Also may depend on what they get offered for, too. So I'm asking you what they should do, what do you think they will do when it comes to the trade deadline on Thursday. Also, with Raheem Morris in the news conference live on Sports Radio 92.9, the game tomorrow at 2 o'clock, the the first question out of the box is going to be, do you Orlando let better? It's going to be about the quarterback. You know, my question would be, you know, how confident, uh, Raheem, are you uh, that a rookie quarterback can start for you uh, day one and win with this team? Because that tells me whether or not you're going to go into free agency. And, you know, and the follow-up to that is, you know, are you how confident are you uh, in uh, being able to you know secure a quarterback? Because in my world, one, two, and three are set. Right? It's going to be Caleb Williams, Drake uh, May, and 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 Jaden Daniels. Then four through eight, where the Falcons sit, Michael Penix is going to go into one of those slots there. And then after Michael Penix goes, whether he goes in front of the Falcons or to the Falcons, because I, I don't think the Falcons necessarily would pass on him. They they could. I think if the Falcons got there and Michael Penix is there and you've already signed a free agent quarterback, I'd almost argue the Falcons ought to trade down a couple spots um, and pick up some more assets. But the Penix is going to go somewhere in there. After Penix, there is a it's you you're running up to like Brasstown Bald and looking over the edge because that's the cliff of quarterbacking that I see. It's like oh we got this guy this guy this guy oh there's Penix oh no it's JJ McCarthy. Oh, Bodex, oh, Spencer Rattler. Oh. I, I just think it's a cliff, okay? And guys that you can get, you know, on the weekend. You know, McCarthy may go in the second round or something, or I don't know, maybe somebody likes him more than I do. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a cliff. And if you go to the draft and you don't have a veteran quarterback and you're kind of counting on Michael Penix being there at eight and somebody, some jabroni jumps you, what are you going to do then? This is why I don't think they can wait. I think I, I'm going back to this because I keep looping back to it. I could be wrong. I, I say this, I repeat it, I, I pound the table, I could be wrong. But I don't think the Falcons can afford to go through free agency and not secure a veteran quarterback with Desmond Ritter as his backup. I just, I just don't see how they can afford to do that. It's too, it's too high risk trying to, to say – that unless they're, they're certain that they could trade up and get Penix and that they could play Penix and start him day one. And, and again, even if you do draft Penix, uh, guys had two knee surgeries, uh, A, and B, as good as he is, and he looks like a really good quarterback. What if he goes into camp and Desmond Ritter just outplays him? And you're Raheem Morris going, yeah, I got a guy that's in his third year, knows NFL defenses, uh, not going to be, you know, we got to play the Saints on opening day. Uh, yeah, I think I'm probably going to start Desmond Ritter. That could happen too, by the way. 404-726-0929. What are your thoughts? Let's go to Chief. He joins us. Hey, Chief. I'm having a nice, well, well, really eerie Sunday day, but, uh, you know, what talk with you, John, is always good. 
Um, first, before I get to, to the Hawks, because I'm going to read my call about, I think one of the questions we should be having, asking Raheem tomorrow as a, as a, as a fan, if I would ask him a question, I would be like, can we please make a priority twice a year to beat the Swampers? Please. Because the stuff they pulled last year at the end of the season, I did not like that. So I really want revenge. And please, let's make it a priority to beat the Saints. But let me get to the Hawks. I don't think they're going to make a move for free. I mean, for um, the trade deadline, just because the cars are still with the Hawks when it comes to Jante, um contract and everything. They don't have to do anything. I think they might just play it out and see what happens because in the East, there's two teams that really get the Hawks the most problems, and that's Boston and Indiana. They give the Hawks a scene for matchup, real problems. But in the East, it can be wide open. For, for teams. I'm not saying that we can make a that deep of a run, but it's, it's not impossible right now. But I had a question about Trey Young. Uh, and, and, John, you've been in the media a long time. National media, local media, you've been in a long time. And the hate that, that Trey gets from the media to me, I just want to know what you think about this. I think it's because they were so wrong when they drafted him, about him. I think that, I don't know if the media guys can ever say we were wrong about a player, but remember, when he was drafted, he was too small. He selfish. It was all kind of stuff about this guy. He just couldn't do it. I heard one media person say the best he would ever be was a, uh, the sixth man off the bench. So do you think, like, with the media being so wrong about him, that's why he don't get the respect he needs to get sometimes nationally? Yeah, I, I can see that in, in some, some certain cases, yes. I can also see the fact that he bowed at uh, Madison Square Garden and the New York media hates him. I mean, remember, they still, at, at Mets games, they chant uh, blank Trey Young. At Mets games. Against the Braves. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just think they, I I just they, think they hate him. In, yeah, I think they just hate him in New York. And so, they just, they so dis- he is like the most despised guy in New York. I, I want nothing more than the Hawks to make the playoffs and play the Knicks and go back into Madison Square Garden. And because their fans spit on our guy. I don't know why, fa- you know, I again, I... I mean, I, I I don't understand it. I'm not uh, I'm not inside uh, the, the the circles of those people anymore. I don't work in New York anymore. Thank God, I don't live in New York. Thank God anymore. And uh, but I know a little bit about New York, having worked and lived there. And those people are out of their minds. Okay, they just are. So uh, do, and do, so, so they, do you think they really the, hate him? So do you think for the national media? Do you is it? Any national media people, have you ever heard to just apologize for being so wrong on a basketball player, baseball player, or football player? I've never heard it. It's it, it just me. It's it, it just incredible. The numbers this guy put up, he, and he's not just putting up any kind of numbers. I mean, he's putting up where he's, what, leading total assists. Total, oh, he's, total these are Hall of Fame numbers. Oh, yeah, yeah, these yeah. are Hall of Fame numbers. Yes, uh, I, right, Chief, no, I'm with you. I mean, and I appreciate your phone's really breaking up, Chief. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, and I appreciate it. I mean, your phone's really kind of acting up. Uh, no, these are Hall of Fame numbers. I mean, in, in a couple of games, in a couple of games before the All-Star break, Trey will qualify for the minimum number of games played to be on a couple of uh, all-time lists. And when he does, he immediately becomes fourth all-time, pardon me, this is the bronchitis I'm fighting. Fourth all time in the history of the NBA in assists per game. Fourth all time in assists in the history of the NBA. Among the other 
30 and 10s and 35 and 10s and you know by the fact by the way he's seventh in the NBA in steals averaging one and a half steals per game oh but he can't play defense he just puts up Hall of Fame numbers the guy's going to the Hall of Fame almost took us to it if he does a step on a rest foot probably beat Milwaukee beat Phoenix win a title and we're starting to see Logo Trey again. It's like, where's Logo Trey been? I, I was screaming it for the last couple of years. Where's Logo Trey? Suddenly, we're getting Logo Trey again. So it's like, hey, good. You know, I, I, I don't understand it. Oh, but he has to hope that Julius Randle's shoulder is bad enough that he gets invited to the All-Star game? Oh, my God. Uh, Johnny's on with us here. We're talking about the Hawks and the Falcons here. Hey, Johnny, welcome to the show. What's going on, Todd? I got a question. Everybody keep on bad-mouthing Desmond Ritter, but I asked Malton, can he make every throw on that field? And everybody said, yeah, he made the throw. Can he just stand the pocket? He said, yeah, but he made ball head plays. That's a rookie mistake. Hello? Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, that's a rookie mistake. They, they, it can be fixed. But it was okay when Peyton Manning throwing 19 interceptions. Oh, Bryce Young looks like garbage up there in Carolina. Now, okay with that. Oh, he's okay. He's a first-round pick. But there's Riddle to Cincinnati, a basketball school, to the co- almost college playoff twice. Yeah, so he's a winner. But everybody say, hey, okay, he's trash. Man, that's, that's my opinion. Do you think he can make everything? My, my answer to you is I don't know. You don't um, know? Did you watch the game? I, I... All right, goodbye, Johnny. I'm not going to have you come in here and – say something that stupid. Do you watch the games? No, Johnny, I don't watch the games. Never watched a Falcons game in my life, Johnny. I don't cut people off, Johnny, but that was just dumb. My answer is I don't know because we haven't seen it yet. What we have seen is flashes. And I don't need flashes. I need consistency here. And all I ask of Desmond Ritter was he not lose the game's force. The man was benched twice last season for Taylor Heineke. Why? Because he was losing games for you, making horrible decisions. His interceptions weren't like tip balls that were deflected and somebody picked it off. They were thrown at the worst possible time, in the worst possible moment, in the worst possible decision. Thrown in the end zone, multiple interceptions in the end zone. Not to mention an interception in Carolina, which might well qualify as the worst pass ever thrown in Atlanta Falcons history. As a matter, I'm thinking now. I'm going to go back to 1975. So, if there was a worst pass thrown in Atlanta Falcons history between 1966 and 1975 by Zeke Bratkowski or something, okay, fine. I mean, all right, you know, I good. But from 1975 to now, that was the worst pass I've ever seen in Falcons history. Given the time, the place, what was on the line, and all you had to do, it's the worst pass ever thrown. Because all he has to do, if it's not there, is throw it out of the end zone, try for a field goal, you still have the lead, you have your defense holding the rain in Carolina, guess what, you're in the playoffs. No, he throws it into triple coverage. By the way, Drake London is coming off his right and flashing wide open into the end zone, and he missed him. Instead, he throws into triple coverage and hits a wide open defender for the Carolina Panthers at the three-yard line. It was awful. I mean, awful. So it doesn't matter if he can make every throw in the book. What matters is, is he going to protect the football? That's his first number one priority, and the man doesn't do it. And so do I have any confidence that he's going to? Oh, it could be taught to him. Really? 
well, they benched him. Did they teach him then? Oh, they brought him back. Did he learn? No. So we bench him again. So, all right, we bring him back. Did he learn? No. So we're going to have to replace him. I don't know if it's going to work. I have no idea if it's going to – I don't know if it's going to connect with him. By the way, the team that he had in Cincinnati with Luke Fickle, you know how many players are in the NFL off that team? There are a lot. He had a lot. I mean, Ford could play. I mean, they had a lot of really good players on that team. That was a really good football team. They were just – and look, they, they, they proved they were a good football team. And Desmond did some really nice things. I, I still want to believe in Desmond Ritter, which is why I'm okay – I'm okay with the idea of bringing a Russ Wilson in for a couple of years and letting Desmond go back to the bench and seeing if he learns under a Russell Wilson for a couple of seasons and comes back and then, you know, two years from now, we say, okay, I think we're ready for to see if Desmond can start again and give him another crack. I'm okay, I'm okay with that, all right? I, I'm good with that. But he's going to have to learn. His number one job is to protect the football, and he does not protect the football. He does not win you games, but he does lose you games, and he's lost way too many. His team averaged 18 points a game last year. 18. That's just not acceptable. Not in the NFL. Sorry. Quick break as we continue uh, on Sports Radio 99 The Game. And again, we can agree without being disagreeable. What Johnny said to me was disagreeable. Do you watch the games? Don't, dude. Don't do that. We can disagree, but don't don't do that. All right? That's all I ask. Uh, Sports Radio 99 The Game. Well, see, I got a, uh, a tweet and a text in the break here that I got to talk about. Uh, first off, the tweet from uh, Kevin Sanders, uh, and uh, he, he's right. I probably, Johnny, I apologize. I, you know, I, I dumped you off the show because you know you gave me the. Do you watch the games? And and uh, Kevin Sanders is saying basically I should have had fun with it. He's he's right. I I should have what I should have said to Johnny Eric is I I no Johnny don't I don't watch the games never do <laughs> no never I've never seen a Falcons game not one. <laughs> <laughs> I should have killed him with kindness. I was just like in the throes of this, and it just kind of struck me wrong. And it's like, you know, come on, really? Do I watch the game? What are you, what are you talking? See, look, it's it, it's sort of like plus minus. You know, they use in hockey or in basketball, right? What's the plus minus of Desmond Ritter? That'd be an interesting stat to find out because his plus minus rating is no bueno. How many points has he scored you, and how many points has he cost you? Because the dude might be close to zero, zeroing out. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not kidding you. I mean, he's got some talent, don't get me wrong. But his mistakes are so bad, and he has a propensity for making mistakes at the exact wrong time in the exact wrong place. That you, that's it right there, John. That's it right there. They're, they're, they're monumental because of when they happen. Fourth quarter and red zone. Fourth quarter and red zone. And that's your game killers. That's your game killers. Yeah. You can overcome it in the first quarter. You might get overcome right. it in the second, but it happens in the fourth quarter, and it happens in the ritz on the worst part of the field. Yep, and he just kills you, and you can't. You just can't live with that. If Desmond, if the Falcons had a competent quarterback this past season, who just, he didn't have to. He, if they had Baker Mayfield, right? The Falcons win eleven games with and Baker's only a competent. Baker's only okay, right? But the Falcons are better than the Bucs, except at one position, quarterback, where their quarterbacks lost them games. I mean, so the, the negative so outweighs the positive, and you can see, oh, it's a bright future. I don't have time for bright futures. I only have time for results. And same with Arthur Blank. He only has time for results now. 
then they, I get a I get a text here. I, every family's you. We all have these guys and gals in our life, right? Like I've got a cousin. He likes to text me jokes. Ninety nine percent of them are stupid, <laughs> and I just go, okay, it's dumb. Uh, and uh, but I've got another I've got another friend of mine who likes to trust. Uh, he, he and my brother both like to send trivia questions. I don't know why they just do. My brother does the same thing that that, that one of my friends does. So he sends me this: say, Hey, John, do you know the three current uh, uh, college coaches who have won national titles? Well, yeah, I, I, yes, of course I know the three. Yes, I do. You know, with Jimbo being fired and Kirby Smart, uh, pardon me, with Jimbo being fired and with uh, Nick Saban retiring. We went from five to three, but I knew the five, so I know the three. <laughs> it's pretty simple. The third one's a little bit tricky if you if you don't remember, but obviously, Eric, you know too, right? I mean, Kirby Smart and Dabo Sweeney, correct? Right. Yeah, yes, right. That you got it. That's okay. it. You know, the only other one right now that's won a national title is Mac Brown. That's the tricky one because Mac Brown at North Carolina won it when he was a coach at Texas twenty years ago with Vince Young. Is that still the greatest performance in college football history, in your opinion? What? What Vince what? Young did in that game versus uh, USC? Well, I don't know what Reggie Bush did in that game, too. Um, it's one of the well, Reggie Bush games. lost in that game. Vince Young won that game. Well, he didn't, lo- he didn't lose. Pete Carroll was called, uh, running, the, you know, fourth down and one at midfield and whatnot in here. I mean, Vince Young played a great game. Don't get me wrong. It was one of the, one of the better performances. I, I don't know how to rank them. There's so many great ones. You know, I mean – What's the greatest game of all time? Oh, Texas USC. Really? Oh, I can think of other games that were, you know, but I've been around a while, you know. So, I mean, heck, we've had plenty of incredible games. Alabama and Clemson played games that were like off the hook great, you know. So, uh, but Vince was great in that game. Uh, it's one of the great performances. Is it the best ever? It's it's up there. It's it's in the discussion. You know, top five, sure. You know, Anthony Davis against Notre Dame. I mean. It, it, what seven touchdowns? I mean, it's it's hard to say. I, I don't get into these debates as to the greatest of all time. It's just it's it's great. It stands on its own, and it is what it is. Uh, and and to Johnny's point here about you know the quarterbacking situation, I still have faith to and this I agree. This is where I agree with him. I still have faith that Desmond Ritter has upside, but I'm not willing to put that faith on the upside of Desmond Ritter in his hands to start the season next year. I'm just not. I'm just not. I, I want to see this team go out and get a veteran quarterback. That's why, to me, Justin Fields is the best of all worlds. Because if Justin Fields comes in here and fails at quarterback, you can go to Desmond Ritter, and then you can say, okay, Desmond, it's all yours. See, the team's not ready to reset yet. Arthur Blank still wants to win. And either Justin Fields is going to lead them to the NFC South title next year and maybe the year after, and people say, well, then you got to pay him. Well, if he does that, then you do pay him. Or he doesn't, and Desmond Ritter comes in, and then it doesn't work, and in two years, you are resetting this franchise. Okay? And it's, okay, we got to reset. But we're not at reset yet. We're still at win now. And so for this year and next year, we're at win now with this franchise. That's why I think you have to go out and get a veteran quarterback. And if you want to get the college quarterback, you know, the year after, you know, 2025 or 2026, and, and rebuild the franchise then, that's when you do it. Not now. Uh, let's go to David. David's on with John. Hey, David. Hey, hey. Um, here's a, a something out of left field. What about signing Minshew? 
Well, the only question uh, I would say to you about Minshew is is that we saw Minshew, uh, you know, this is just a, kind of, you know, just over here. Taylor Heineke and Gardner Minshew were both starting quarterbacks in the NFL at one point, right? Gardner Minshew down in Jacksonville, Taylor Heineke at Washington. And then Taylor Heineke played against Gardner Minshew this year in the game between us and the Colts, and Taylor Heineke totally outplayed him. Right. Uh, but I think over the course of his career and season, he he actually performs really well and uh, I was surprised. Take a look at his win-loss record as a starter. He is a winner. It's really remarkably – I'm uh, really kind of perplexed why he's been kind of shuffled around in the league, but he's made a, a pretty successful career. He shouldn't be terribly expensive. I mean, it'd be more expensive than the one-point-something he signed for with the Colts this past year. But I think he's a definition of an affordable, serviceable uh, veteran quarterback that you're talking about since the rest of the team is in pretty decent shape and the South is for the taking. No, I, I you know, and they may do that. I look at Gardner Minshew and Taylor Heineke as kind of the same guy. Maybe, maybe so, but, I mean, we never know until we try. It, it's always a crapshoot when you get – people in and people out, uh, you know, it, it, there's just no such thing as a, a solid thing. That's why um, uh, everyone's talking about that number one pick that Chicago is going to get, that the guy's a lock. If you remember some years ago, there were two locks, a quarterback in the draft, and they were named Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. And we all know how that turned out. Yep, we all know how that turned out. Yeah, I know that personally. I was there for it. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, and Ryan, I'm very proud of Ryan and what he's become as a man. I do appreciate the call. And Ryan's become he, – he's a wonderful story of uh, redemption. And, and I'm very proud of Ryan Lee for what he accomplished, um, you know, off the field in his personal life and what he's made himself into. Um, but I was there for all of it, trust me. I was there for every step of it. Uh, and Ryan knows that. And Ryan, I've talked about it. Um, and, and in San Diego at the time, there was – in San Diego at the time, jumping for joy. I thought, we had a week of phone calls leading up to the draft. Please don't take happy feet Peyton Manning. Please get Ryan Leaf. Because the Falcons traded up with Arizona to trade up to two, and the, car, the Indianapolis Colts were like, oh, do we want Manning, do we want Leaf? And everybody is screaming, please have them take happy feet Peyton Manning because we want Ryan Leaf here. You, and that's what happened. And then people were beyond excited. And in the preseason of his rookie year, Ryan Leaf was out there with that cannon arm, and we're all going, oh, my God, we've got, you know, the next, you know, oh, my God. And then it all melted down in, like, week five against the Kansas City Chiefs. And it went down the ski slope in a big hurry. Uh, so, um, yeah, you, you, you don't know. And Zach Wilson taken two. Again, San Francisco moved up to take Trey Lance three in the draft. And they picked Brock Purdy as the last man taken in the draft. I'm sorry, who's their quarterback at the Super Bowl now? Yeah, you never, you don't know. So you don't. I mean, it is a crapshoot. It, but that's true. Look, we haven't had, our, we've had our mistakes here, right? I mean, it's not like we didn't draft Andre Bruce or, or Jerry or we've had mistakes in the draft, right? I mean, it just happens. Uh, you know, it, not, not everybody kind of pans out. Tony Mandarich didn't, you know, oh my God. Right, and I'm not talking about you know Kajana Carter bowling his leg out or anything like that. I'm talking about you make mistakes in the draft. Everybody does. Uh, we go to uh, Sean. Hey, Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, John. 
Um, I wanted to speak on the dude that called earlier about did you watch football? He must ain't watch football because if he saw Desmond Riddle this year, he know Desmond Riddle don't need nothing but a ball cap on the clipboard. Clipboard, the only thing he need in his hand. He's terrible. And as far as how, and as far as our quarterback situation goes, I would like to get Justin Fields. Get Justin Fields and get us an edge rusher. And I think we'll be straight. Yeah, I, I'd be. Re- I'm intrigued by it, Sean. No doubt about that. And I'm intrigued by the idea of of Desmond Ritter spending a couple of years with the ball cap and a clipboard and really kind of, you know, learning the quarterback positions. Yeah, there's a lot going on here, uh, and I appreciate it, Sean. One of the things that I, I, I do want to kind of circle back to a little bit on this whole thing about Desmond Ritter, there has been a lot of chatter uh, about Arthur Smith's offense and whether yeah. or not it was too complicated. And as a result, that's why Ritter and Heineke struggled in the you know, kind of the draw up of the offense that it was just it was a very complicated offense and they didn't dumb it down. It was complicated because they didn't hand the ball off enough. That's why it was complicated. They should have been running the ball more, especially in the red zone. Ritter is a goofball, and when he gets in the red zone, he gets nervous and he does out-of-this-world dumb stuff. Yep. No, that, there's there's something that he does panic. I mean, and, and the panic is what causes all the problems. He isn't cool-headed in the red zone. That's absolutely correct. I mean, we've seen that. Thank you, Sean. I do appreciate the call here. And, and so it will be interesting to see what Zach Robinson draws up for an offense because there was one game last year, one game where this team looked like it was actually kind of had the potential to live up to what I thought the offense could be at the beginning of the year, and that game was against – the Houston Texans, and that was the game where Drake London threw the left-handed pass, and I went, who knew Drake London was left-handed? I did. Anybody out there know Drake London was left-handed? I didn't know until he threw that pass. I didn't know he was left-handed. And they were throwing the, the, the little inside kind of tosses to Scotty Miller, and they were playing like kind of backyard ball and having fun, and Ritter's kind of running around. He's not, not overthinking. He's just kind of reacting, and, and let's kind of go out there. And, and I was like, okay, yeah, let's dumb down this you know playbook and just let people react and have fun out there and go out there and kind of play loosey-goosey. And instead, it was like they put the clamps back on it and said, yeah, we're not going to do the reverse passes and the inside flips anymore. We're going to go back to, oh, my God. I, I, so, again, I don't know how much of it falls on the shoulders of Arthur Smith, and we get a new offense coordinator in here who can bring out the best in, in, the, uh, in these players. That, that's my hope. But, again, we don't know, do we? Raheem Morris' news conference is 2 o'clock tomorrow, live on Sports Radio 92 on the game, followed by Raheem Morris and Terry Fano at 440 with Dukes and Bell, and then uh, 7 o'clock pregame for the Hawks and Clippers as the Hawks go for five in a row. On Sports Radio 92 on the game. It is a uh, busy week ahead. It's going to be a great week ahead. Just kind of looking at the calendar here. Uh, tomorrow on uh, February the 5th, we have the Raheem Morris News Conference at 2 o'clock. As mentioned, Raheem and Terry Fondo, 440 on Dukes and Bell. 7 o'clock, uh, the Hawks go for five in a row against the Clippers. And Kawhi Leonard, uh, his coverage begins at 7 tomorrow night at State Farm Arena. By the way, first five, uh, MailChimp's got a deal going. First 5,000 people through the doors of State Farm Arena tomorrow are going to get a limited edition DeJounte Murray bobblehead. And um, 
it might become a collector's item real quick. <laughs> okay, good. You, you never know. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen this week. Uh, but 5,000, first 5,000 through the door, get the uh, DeJounte Murray bobblehead. Uh, so the Clippers tomorrow night, 7 o'clock uh, coverage begins on 92 in the game. Then on Wednesday, the Hawks will go back on the road. They'll go face the Boston Celtics up there, TD Ameritrade, et cetera, et cetera. That'll be Wednesday night. On Thursday, big critical Thursday coming up this week, NBA trade deadline, what are the Hawks going to do? At the moment, I think they're going to stand fairly pat. I think that they, if they make a move, they'll take on an expiring contract of somebody, a veteran that somebody's trying to unload, that can have a veteran big that may be able to help them. I think they're going to keep DeJounte. Unless they get blown away by an offer, I think maybe the Hawks make a move kind of around the edges. Uh, but I could be surprised here. I think they're going to want to see if they can't play this thing out a little bit and see if they can't uh, get into the playoffs here. So uh, that, that's my, And it may not work, by the way, but that's just my guess at the moment. Also Thursday, uh, the NFL honors are, are going to be uh, taking place. And then Friday, we have uh, first pitchers and catchers. Here comes baseball, the Padres and the Dodgers. Padres and the Dodgers are going to report first because they play a series in South Korea. They're going overseas to play a, a, like two or three games over in Seoul. So they're going to report first. But you, baseball starts uh, spring training this week. So here, here we go. Uh, and uh, Oh, to the NFL honors. Eric Slaughter, NFL honor, who, who do you think gets MVP this year? It's Lamar Jackson. I, I don't think anybody else could really dethrone him. I think there's a couple guys being for second. But what Lamar did in the regular season, what the Ravens did in the regular season, is his, is his award this year. Yeah, I think it's Lamar, too. Um, it'd be interesting to see if uh, Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy split votes. Um, yeah, that's going to be tough. They may. That's going to be tough, yep. They may. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Lamar first, McCaffrey second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, see, they're not going to care because one of them is going to maybe be the MVP of the Super Bowl. So Yeah, right. No, yeah, I know they're not going to care that much, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Did, did you see the report, and, and this just made me laugh out loud, that Christian McCaffrey's parents came out and said, yeah, we're not going to the Super Bowl because yeah. we can't afford a suite. Right. You know, and they say they even said money, bu- money bags, our son, is not going to pay for that kind of money for a suite. That had me on the floor laughing. I'm like, y'all got to be kidding me. You got yeah, to be right, kidding exactly. me. I mean, I mean, come on, come on. Your, your son made $15 million this year on the field. Yeah, he can't afford 50000 for a suite. Come yeah, on. Yeah. And in his and his endorsement, so that 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 blew up yeah. Twitter. Hey John, real quick, you know you said baseball they start. You know, um, I'm gonna leave here today, and because uh, high school baseball for me starts this week as a high school official, and then today, if any of my guys are listening, soon as we sign off, I got to jet to my high school softball meeting because it's 2024 and we got to get started for the year. So all my guys out there with North Georgia umpires, I know you guys are on the way to the meeting. I'll see you guys at about 2.30, 2.35. It'll take me a little bit to get there, but I'm coming. I'm coming, guys. I appreciate it. I love working with all you guys, and I know you guys listen. They're loyal listeners of the station, so I know a lot of them are driving to the meeting right now and are listening to us. So uh, I'll see you guys around 2.30. All right, so you so you're like Eric Slaughter, you're like the worst umpire, aren't you? I mean, you oh, yeah. your strike oh, yeah. zone is yeah. the size of a bread box, I, right? I mean, oh yeah. Uh, what's his name? Angel Angel got nothing on me. He, Angel no, makes no, no. Me I'm just saying, I, I'm just saying you you got this like itty bitty little uh, strike zone. Oh, you mean I'm tight? And you, I got to yeah, open it up. Tight. Come on, Blue. Where's that yeah, one, yeah. Blue? Where's that one, yeah. Blue? It wasn't. Have it you wasn't ever ejected? I, I ejected a woman from a game uh, from a little league game one time. A, a parent from a little league game. Really? Have you ever ejected? Yeah. Oh, this woman. Oh, Eric. This woman, 
you, you know, it's it's okay. It's sort of like me on the show. We could disagree without being disagreeable. <laughs> she, if you want to, if you wanted to shout at me for my strike zone or anything like that, and I was umpiring, and we're talking about thirteen and fourteen year old, uh, I forget, it wasn't Babe Ruth League? It was the one below it, whatever it was. Anyway, okay. it was a long time ago. And and I'm umpiring. It's hot. You know, I'm sweating like crazy. This one mom is screaming, "You don't know how to call by," and I, I, that's fine. You know, you suck. You know, all right, that's okay. Then she may, then she starts getting on me. You know. Then she's really riding me, and then she starts cursing. And I turn around, I point at her, I said, "One more, one more curse word out of you, and you're gone." And she uh, drops the f bomb and the word "you" behind it. And oh yeah, you're gone, <laughs> John. We got more in common than I thought. Yeah, man, I, I've never had to throw a parent out. I've stopped a game and called the administrators. Say, hey, um, we need to get to that person right there because that's what they tell us. In, in high school and college, um, there's a what they call the game administrator. And they are to take care of the spectators for us. So, you know, it's it's just part of the process. I love it. I wouldn't – I'm going into year eight. I can't believe it's been year eight for me of this. And um, I'm a, I've got my first college year under my belt and looking forward to getting more into college. But I really love doing the high school stuff and giving back to the Georgia High School Association. Yeah, no, it's uh, – well, enjoy it. Uh, you know, it should be great. I'm year eight. Uh, good for you. Um, yeah, that was my one one season of umpiring in baseball. And I was like, you know, 12 and 13-year-old boys, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that again. Uh, I just, the parents drove me nuts. Um, just batty. Um, but you know, somebody said to me the other day, you know, the, the Falcons haven't made the playoffs in, um, you know, it'll be seven years when they start this year. The last playoff game, of course, was against Philadelphia. First down and goal at the 10-yard line, Matt Ryan to Julio Jones, 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 0-4. And no, no, and that led, of course, to the to the famous Philadelphia play that's got the statue, you know, right? The Doug Peterson play, right? Uh, so it got me to thinking a little bit, Eric. You ready for this? I'm going to ask you a question, Eric. You ready? I got uh, I got, you. I got Let's questions do it. here. All right. So I wonder how long certain things have been. Okay. So what is the longest streak of not making the playoffs currently in the NFL? Do you know what it is? Um, it's, I want to say it's in double figures. Oh man. What team is it though? Is that what you're asking me? Uh, do you want, do you, I give you the team and you can tell me the years. I give me the, the years. You tell me the team. I'm going to say it's 10, 10 years and you can give me the team. Yep. I'm you at, just, you, uh, give me the team. It's 13 years. And it's the New York Jets. The, New York the, Jets. the gang green, and as Chris Thomas sits on the other side, he's going to get a tissue for his head. Man, really, they thought that was coming to an end this year, didn't they? Yeah, right. So 13 years, New York Jets. All right, yeah, right. They thought that. They got Aaron Rodgers the whole bit. That didn't happen. Didn't they just uh, fire you know, the whole front office or something like that? Did How long do you think it's been since the Miami Dolphins have won a playoff game? The Miami Dolphins. Oh, boy. Late 2000s, so 15 years. 23. Holy moly. The, the Miami Dolphins have not won a playoff game in 23 years. So since Marino retired. Uh, how long has it been since the Dallas Cowboys have played in an NFC title game? Mm. Mm, man. I'm going to say 96. So I'm going to say 30 years. 28 years. 28 You're right. Years. Yeah, how about that? 28 years since the Cowboys played in an NFC title. If you are 32 years old, you probably don't remember the last time the Dallas Cowboys played, not in a Super Bowl, in an NFC title game. I remember. Um, I remember. I, I was there when they played in the Super Bowl here in Atlanta. I was a young kid. I got my first experience. Volunteer. Right, so I was a Super Bowl volunteer. That's a great way to do it. If anybody's ever in town, you can be a volunteer. 
The Twin Cities state of Minnesota hasn't done this in 32 years. What haven't they done? The Twin Cities. Won a championship at any level. Yes. And unfortunately, we remember the last one. The Twins, yep. Yeah, 1991. Yeah, should have Kirby Puckett and Ken Herbeck and uh, Jack Morrison. Right, so 32 years since been now Timberwolves, North Stars, Wild uh, Vikings, Twins. Now 32 years since Minnesota's won a title. So oh, we're our beer. the Minnesota Lynx don't count because they won a couple. No, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. Do they have a, like a box lacrosse league that I'm missing? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing. Am I missing a bowling Ma- championship? The major sports. I got you. The major sports. Okay, all right. And the last time Notre Dame won a football national title, thirty-six years ago. Ah, <sighs> well, who was the coach? Lou Holtz, right? Well, yeah, I was there. I handed Lou Holtz the trophy. Really? And so. <laughs> yeah. My man, John Fricky. Wow. Good I handed him the trophy you got after a the game. Of that? Yeah, yeah. I got a picture of that. Okay. Yeah. And you, you want me to send it to you? I, mean, to I, I love, would love to see that. I mean, what are you, about 6'4"? Yeah, What's Lou Holtz, like 5'7"? <laughs> no, no. I, I was, uh, we were up the dais. Game had ended. Let me see if I can find the Lou Holtz picture. So, yeah, it was, it was kind of a funny story. Since I got a minute, I'll tell it. So I had gone. It was Notre Dame, West Virginia, 1989 Fiesta Bowl. And I, um, I had gone to the two SIDs, and I had said, hey, listen, as soon as the game's over, we're going to present the trophy live on CNN. And so Lou, Lou comes off the field, and I grab Roger Valdeseri, the SID of Notre Dame, and I said, hey, we've got to go do this uh, live thing at CNN to present the trophy. So Lou runs into the tent where the media is, and he runs up to the dais. This told to me later because I wasn't in the tent. I was out of the position to give him the trophy. And um, he runs in and says, I, um, hey, we won the national title. It was a great game. Um, uh, and the, one of the writers says, coach, I want to – no, no, I don't have time to answer any questions. i got to go get my trophy. Bye. And he runs out. He runs out of the tent. The coach, he, he, he gave like a 10-second thing. He runs out of the tent, comes over to where we're going to hand him the trophy, and all the media comes pouring out of the, of the, of the media room So because I'm going to interview Lou Holtz getting the trophy. And they are so mad at me. Oh, my God, are they mad at me. You know, because he's, he's – we're the New York Times. We're the – you don't get to discuss that with us. And I'm like, uh, you know, I, we get first crack at the head coach. They were so angry. It was so glorious. I've got this photo in here. i got 7,000 pictures here. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it because I, I stuck it to the – there's a rivalry between the print media and the electronic media, if you didn't know. Um, we get along. I mean, I like them. But professional rivalries exist, and uh, the print media thinks it's uh, – so uh, there it is. I just found it. Here we go, Eric. I'll send it to you right now. Cool. Uh there's Eric Slaughter. Eric. A young John Fricky and a young Lou Holtz. Yes, a, a very young John Fricky. I'm on the left there, as you can tell. Um, and a very young Lou Holtz, yes. And that's the trophy at the Fiesta Bowl there that I handed to him. It, it, it was great. So, and I like, to ta- I like to tell the fans in their name, yeah, you know, I, you know the guy that handed your uh, coach uh, the national title trophy? Like, yeah, that was me. And <laughs> you're at least, what, <laughs> you're, you're a good four or five inches tall than him. You are towering over him. Well, I'm, I'm on the left. That's you on the left? Yeah, it's me you said you were handing him the trophy. So who's the tall guy handing him the trophy? Well, he I had handed him the trophy, and then he handed it to the USA Today guy. Oh, okay, all right. I don't know. There's some dude from USA Today. Who <laughs> I <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I, I forgot his name. I have no idea who it is. Uh, but we had him. Here's the picture of. I'll send you another one. Here's the picture of Lou Holtz in the CNN hat, which just made everybody angry because he was standing outside. Well, I had handed him the trophy outside. 
Okay, and he's holding the trophy outside, and we, I get him to wear. I get him to put a CNN hat on. I, I gave him a CNN hat. He puts it on. <laughs> that, he takes off his Notre Dame hat and puts on Ted, a CNN hat. I, I hope Ted Turner sent you a bonus check immediately. <laughs> oh, immediately. Yeah, yeah, it was a big win. <laughs> and and on, on top of all of it, it was the first time a coach had ever been in college football awarded a national title trophy immediately after the game. Because prior to this, they had awarded the, the trophy, AP and UPI had awarded their trophies two days later because they had to tabulate all their votes. And then they would uh, fly the trophy to, to Notre Dame and award the trophy then. You see what I'm saying? Oh, wow. But we went to the game and just gave them the trophy right after the game was over. So you, you set a trend. That's history. You set a trend, John. You know, there uh, you go. But, well, but, but it was because it was one versus two. Major, by the way, West Virginia fans, you should have won that game. Major Harris, your tight end is, there's nobody around him in the end zone. If Major Harris finds him and throws the ball, I mean, nobody within five, ten yards of him. In any direction. And said Major got sacked and the game's over. Otherwise, you win. And I've been giving it to Don Nealon and not Lou uh, Holtz. All right, uh, Turtles next here on Sports Radio 90 Time the Game again. Raheem Morris, News Conference Live at 2 o'clock tomorrow on your home of the Falcons, Sports Radio 90 Time the Game. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.